Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, Chris here. Welcome back to an episode of Chris Talks Games. First up, so sorry for the long absence. Um, I know it's been quite a while since I've managed to get the podcast out. I've just had a crazy couple of months, to be, to be totally honest. Um, Sign off with the beginning of April and getting married. So obviously, the end of March, getting everything sort of work for me to take the time off over Easter and all the wedding prep and stuff like that just left no time for podcasting unfortunately um and yeah since the wedding just again very crazy getting stuff done but yes um everything is sorted i am back and got another podcast for you and as the name says in the tin my name is chris and i'm gonna talk games with you so uh as we always used to do let's start off with some news Okay, guys, so I'm going to start the news off with Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, it's less than a week away at the time of this podcast going live. Um, and big watch out for you guys if you haven't heard already, but the game has leaked online. Um, so, yeah, please be on the lookout. Um, there is a lot of videos and people on Twitter just re- replying to tweets with spoilers for the game. Um, so yes, very much something to look out for. Um, because uh, Tears and Kingdom is out there, it is being shared online, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, and the situation does also get a bit more interesting as well. Um, Kotaku's taking a bit of a stance against Nintendo with the game as well. Um, largely due to the fact they weren't invited to preview the game, where a lot of uh influencers and public publications and streamers got a chance to go for hands-on previews. Kotaku wasn't invited. And this does boil down to the fact that Kotaku, just around the release of Metroid Dread, did publish an article how to emulate the game on PC and stream the game free on PC. Um, so Nintendo obviously, obviously didn't like that. So has kind of blacklisted them from previews and getting a hand on code and stuff like that. Um, so Kotaku did Kotaku did do a tweet saying how they felt that it was unprofessional and unfair of Nintendo to do that. Um, yeah, and then actually went ahead and posted a article, everything we know about the game from the spoilers. So it's gone through all the spoilers and put them in an article and posted it online. Um, I believe Nintendo has been taking stuff down, so I'm not sure the article is still up. But it is very much a... Um, Kotaku being very childish. And if you do get stuff on your news feeds or socials from Kotaku, could be a watch out that you could potentially see something Tears of the Kingdom related from that. But yeah, 
very interesting situation between Kotaku and Nintendo at the moment. Um, Kotaku really not liking the fact that Nintendo wouldn't let them preview the game based on what happened with the Metroid Dread situation. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that situation develops. But like I say, do if you want to try and avoid spoilers, make sure you're muting Tears of the Kingdom stuff. Um, and just keeping an eye open for anything that mentions Zelda because there's a risk for spoilers around. So, um, yeah, the game looks fantastic. Really excited to, to get stuck into it. Like the tray, the last trailer they did was really good. Um, but yeah, just it is out in the open. So be aware if you want to stay clear of spoilers, guys. Um, next up, we've got a bit of Sony news. Um, a move that surprised quite a few people in terms of games going on and off this um, streaming catalogue or kind of like the collections where you can download. Um, the original Spider-Man game is being taken off the um, collection to download. Uh, it does appear to be due to licensing agreements with Marvel, so I think they could. Uh, so I think that it is affecting how long they could keep it as part of the um, free to download collection, so that was an interesting move to see. Um, did surprise a few people. But obviously they do have Spider-Man 2 coming up later this year, and there are several rumours at the moment they are like to have a PlayStation Showcase uh, sometime in May. Because uh, obviously they do, they normally set E3 out, and E3 has unfortunately been cancelled this year. Um, which Surprised a few people, um, but with um, no E3, it does leave the window open for when people get when stuff gets shown off. But PlayStation have done their own kind of event the end of May, beginning of June normally. So there's a very big rumor that they will be having a showcase this year again, and probably showing off more Spider-Man Two, probably release date and some more new titles. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do have there. Um, Third up is a bit of DLC news, and that is around Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, obviously, you had the expansion pass, which um, uh, which was due to be completed by the end of this year. Like when they did the, the raves announcement, they did say that it would be all released by the end of 2023. And Nintendo actually did shock a lot of people along with Monolith Soft. And in April, they actually debuted a trailer for the final wave because Raze 1, 2, 3 had already come out. The final wave was the story extension. Um, so they dropped a trailer and a release date. And uh, the expansion's called Future Redeemed. Um, features a new protagonist called Matthew and a new, new, a few other new team members along with the return of Shulk and Rex from the first two Xenoblade Chronicle games. Um... So yeah, uh, that was quite a big trailer reveal, and then announced it's coming out a week later. So it actually came out about a week or two ago from date of recording. So yeah, it has been out about a week and a half now, I think. So yeah, very much released far more ahead of schedule than people were expecting, and it is out there. Um, speculation that Nintendo didn't want to try and. Uh, interrupts uh, the releases there in the year. So obviously, 
Zelda coming out fairly soon. So hoping people can get into get into future redeemed to get that completed. And then move on to Zelda. Um but yeah, so the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 expansion pass is now all available and all complete. Um as with Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torn in the Golden Country, it does seem to be pretty much his own his own game, so it does seem to be a very sizable piece of DLC. Um and a lot of people are really raving about it, so so yeah, if you've got interest in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and um, had the expansion pass or interest in the expansion pass, it is all now available for you to download. So so yeah, that kind of rounds up the news for this episode and now on to the main subject. Okay, so this main subject for today is, well this episode is Microsoft and Xbox. Um, and... It's fair to say since the last time I did a show, they've not had a great run of things. Um, not at all, really. It's been a bit of a disastrous year for Microsoft, by the looks of it. Um, it's kind of like a bit of a conversation piece about whether I think Microsoft and Xbox can recover. Um, obviously, they, back in February, they had their... Or January, February, they had their showcase, and they had Hi-Fi Rush come out, which is... Really well received. Um, didn't set the world alight in terms of sales and fair numbers, but Microsoft happy with it. And it was like a budget title, so it wasn't a like AAA big release. Um, but with it being Microsoft and the Xbox Series platform, there hasn't been many big releases from Microsoft. Um, and the big thing is... Redfall has just come out on the 2nd of May, um, and it's not gone down well. In the lead-up to the release, they did have issue after issue, like they had to make the announcement that there would be a cap of 30 frames per second at launch. They're working on 60 frames per second mode or patch to come out after launch. Um, but yeah, um, so I got people concerned, and some gameplay videos came out where it didn't look that great. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Redfall isn't doing well. Um, the Metacritic score is currently around fifty nine percent on the Xbox consoles, and the uh, user score, player score, was just over two out of ten. Um, and it is being branded quite widely by different media outlets and uh, streamers as disastrous and catastrophic um and people are really getting quite concerned about microsoft at the moment uh this also added into the fact that the uk cma um competition and marketing authority did opt to block their merger of activision blizzard or the takeover of activision blizzard uh not as people might have thought about the playstation and Sony arguments. Um, CMA are more than happy with the console side of stuff. And the fact that Microsoft signed deals with Nintendo to get on the Switch, even though they did ask questions whether the Switch would be capable of running Call of Duty, but I reckon they'd probably get Call of Duty Warzone, stuff like that, and potentially stream any new releases on the Switch. And then when Nintendo's next-gen 
hardware launches I could release it on the console um yeah the issues that the CMA had actually resorted to uh cloud gaming and how it could perfect um cloud gaming so the CMA blocked due to concerns it would hinder competition in cloud gaming stating that the deals made did not extend to enough cloud gaming services it was not open to other PC operating services and was too standardized to embrace the creativity of market competition in the gaming industry so basically they're really concerned about how the deal would affect the cloud gaming market um microsoft did make a couple of deals with uh cloud streaming companies to have activision and call the duty games available on them for at least 10 years um but i don't know they didn't get quite enough apparently google with their concerns about the cloud um services i think google a bit concerned that having call of duty on microsoft's cloud thing might drive people to microsoft's cloud strict cloud service um for other things as well as gaming taking away from google's potential streaming service even though stadia has folded uh they still have got a lot of streaming stuff that they do do so it's whether they're concerned it would take business away from them, but Google is apparently one of the big people who, who had um, evidence against the the takeover going through. Um, but yeah, I know a couple of uh, British tech companies have come out and said they don't agree with it being blocked, and it appears that the CMA might be stifling business in the UK rather than... Um, rather than allowing it to carry on. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see what Microsoft does about this. Um, cause they have stated they would appeal. And the fact they've had some techn- tech companies back them up and say they don't agree with the ruling and that uh, it signifies that the UK is not open for business in the cloud gaming sector um, does hopefully mean that there might be some kind of... Um, uh, fitting there for a compil, but it is also a case that um, they got to wait and see what the EU decides to do. The EU is making their decision towards the end of May, um, and obviously the American courts are still 50-50 whether that will go through there, because um, the talk ahead of the decision was it was expected to go through. Uh, all the console staff seemed to be ironed out, and Sony's arguments weren't strong enough to dissuade Sweden, but it turns out that the cloud gaming section was an issue, which kind of tripped a lot of people up and people didn't expect. Um, I think cloud gaming is a bit of a too small uh, area to be concerned with right now, but I think they're looking long-term in the future, as whether they say that they're happy... I think because they haven't got anything saying that all streaming services can have... The Activision games or Call of Duty, I think that might be a sticking point. Um, but yeah, uh, depending on what the EU decides to do, will probably help Microsoft make their decision going forward. Because if the EU blocks it as well, then it probably is the end of the road for the for the deal. And kind of game over, literally, kind of for the chances of getting it through. Because uh, I'd imagine the American authorities are probably 
block it then after then because I think there they can see what the others did. Um, but yeah, the appeal could be lengthy and costly, so it all depends on how the EU goes and if the EU does um, decide to block it as well. Could be interesting for uh, Microsoft and Activision because Activision's stock price plummeted after the um, announcement that it was it was being blocked. Um, but if Microsoft are have to walk away from the deal or can't complete the takeover, I think there is a clause they have to pay three billion dollars to Activision Blizzard. So Activision will get some money, but considering Activision was looking to be acquired in the first place. It isn't a great situation to be in. Um, but yeah, um, it is just really not been Microsoft's year. Cause like the Activision Blizzard deal being kind of blocked in one territory. Redfall having a very poor release. Uh, Phil Spencer actually went on Kind of Funny Games and did an interview and just pretty much held his hands up and said he has to own his mistakes. Um, a lot of people are saying it appears that Microsoft are a bit more hands-off with the Zenimax and Bethesda stu- uh, studios. Yes, they'll publish them, they'll get them on the system, they'll kind of do the marketing for it, but they're kind of a bit hands-off with how the game's being made. And Arcane Studios are normally a pretty solid studio, um, so a lot of people saying is why did Microsoft allow the game to be released in this state because it had already been released uh, delayed since last year um, but there are some people I've, or some reviews I've read or watched where people are saying it is probably a year or two years away from being like where it needs to be like they probably because the core content wasn't great so they probably need to go back redo a lot to the game, so it could be facing like a either a no more no man's sky situation where they have to kind of rebuild the game and kind of like relaunch it and reinvigorate it. Um which could be a very lengthy process. I know No Man's Sky took a couple of years to get to get where it is now. Um so yeah it is kind of interesting that Microsoft allowed that game to come out. But I do think they were nervous and very much aware of the fact they had a lot of gaps in their schedule. They hadn't had many big releases. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like... I think Microsoft was panicking, thinking we have to get the game out, we need to get the game out. But it came out when it wasn't ready. Um, but I know a few people have said that even if they delayed it six months to, like October, to, or like to October time for Halloween, it still wouldn't... Have made much difference. Like, okay, the 60th FPS mode will be there, but they're saying there's a lot of core cool things that are wrong, called like very bland gameplay environments. And um, the whole thing's based around special powers, but they're saying it's useless using them because the guns and weapons are more effective and do the job better. Um, so, yeah, Redfall does seem to be a bit of a mess, unfortunately. But it has made very people con- a lot of people concerned about games coming up in the future. Obviously, Starf- Starfield is due out last November. It's been delayed to September this year. Um, and people are seeing that as Microsoft's next big hope. And they are kind of very concerned. Because Bethesda game works... Or Bethesda have had um, 
a reputation for games coming out when they're not exactly great. Uh, for the whole Fallout 76 situation, where they had to kind of redo the game, all that, to do their updates to the game. I think a lot of people are starting to get bored of the games coming out when they're not ready. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, we'll patch it, we'll patch it. I know Star Wars Jedi Survivor recently, slightly off-brand from Xbox, but that had a bit of controversy as well, where literally in the week leading up to release, EA did put out a um, uh, info saying that they will be working on patches to fix bugs and issues in the game. Um, which again, a lot of people saying that if it Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor had been delayed a little bit, but a lot of people saying if they had delayed it further, they probably could have made the changes necessary. Um, but obviously, with Star Wars and the branding, you kind of want it out beginning of May because you've got Star Wars Day May 4th or May the 4th, um, which is a big. Um, big thing. So obviously, they wanted to get the game out before then, so they could capitalize on the Star Wars hype around that time. Um, but it's a game that didn't come out when it was ready. Um, and both Star Wars: Jedi Survivor and Redfall seventy dollars. Like in the states, are seventy dollars, or like fifty nine ninety nine in the UK. So they are definite step up in price. Um, and a lot of people are getting a bit annoyed with games coming out when they're not ready. And that is the fear for Starfield at the moment. The game on such a massive scale and with Bethesda's track record with some of their releases. Like, a lot of the big games come out and they do have to have fixes once they're out. Um, so a lot of people are looking very nervously at Starfield and hoping that the delay they have done is sufficient enough to get it into a good position. Because about a 10-month 10 month delay that the games had um so hopefully they can get a lot of things sorted and all the quality control stuff done and like the bug tests and fixes done um but microsoft has announced that they are doing a showcase uh, early june so I have an xbox showcase where they'll show off different games then directly after that they'll have a starfield specific show where they'll be looking just at Starfield um, and going through the game. So hopefully they have some good things to show. Um, Forza Motorsport definitely needs a release date. Um, but it's very interesting and unsure what else they're going to show at this event. Um, so they do have a lot of studios who are working on things and it is taking a bit longer than um, a lot of people expected so I think Hellblade 2 still need to get a release window on that even though it's the first game announced for the Xbox Series S and X um, we are still waiting to get uh, concrete release dates on that for that so whether that makes it this year um, it could be like a good October game so obviously they're kind of Con like genre and content it is. Um, I think a, a lot of people are starting to question the management of Microsoft. And as I say, Phil Spencer did say he needs to learn from mistakes. He needs to be make sure that they are delivering stuff that meets customers' demand. Um, 
he was quite frank and honest about the situation, um, which is good and refreshing to see. But obviously not a great situation to be in when you've not had many stellar releases for your console. I think the big last big smash hit um, they had was Forza Horizon 5. Hi-Fi Rush did really well in like, critic ratings and really well with critics, and a lot of people really love it. I really enjoy it. Um, but it didn't set the, the, the world on fire. Um, Halo Infinite's had a very troubled launch where the seasons keep on being extended because they can't keep up with getting the content done. Um, they had various heads of Project Walk away from it. Um, so yeah, it is kind of... Don't concerns the right word, but it's a bit kind of awkward to see Microsoft in such a position as whether the pandemic really affected Microsoft. They just couldn't um, keep up with the work, so everything fell so far behind they couldn't get out. Um, there are also stories of trouble development with the new Perfect Dark game from the initiative because um, they brought in developers from Crystal Dynamics to make it a bigger team. Um, apparently a lot of the initial team for the initiative didn't like that and they wanted to have a small team and kind of a small focus team and kind of a few people left the project. So, yeah, it seems to be a bit kind of all over the place with Microsoft, like whether we see anything from Perfect Dark this year, even though it got announced a couple of years ago, is very much up in the air. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a bit strange seeing Microsoft in such a position. Um and it is going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this. Um, obviously, the Activision Blizzard deal is very much up in the air. It all depends what the EU does and if they do successfully appeal in the UK or whether they have to do something different in the UK, whether Activision Blizzard stands as their own company in the UK and they just publish and own the stuff outside of the UK. Um... That'd be interesting to see all whether they just don't put any of the Activision business stuff on Game Pass in the UK, which would be a bit annoying, not going to lie, but it might just have to be the way it, happens, the way it goes. Um, but yeah, it is a very, very complex situation with Microsoft. Um, I think they need a good showing. Um, Forza Motorsport does look great whenever they've shown it off. Um, they keep on saying about it's the most the biggest step up they've ever had in between games. Um, the amount of attention to detail uh, with all the cars and the courses looks incredible. Um, as long as they keep the gameplay and people enjoy the gameplay, I think that could be a good one for them. Um, but they just need to get out because it was expected to be out last year. Um, then it's spring and then it's kind of zipped to just this year. Um, so whether it could be like the October, November game, like the kind of time that Forza traditionally does come out, just skipped a year last year. It'd be interesting to see. Um, we've got the likes of Fable, which has been developed by Playground Games. Um, that's also had a couple of rumours about um, some issues with development, because obviously they're using the Forza Horizon engine which is great for building landscapes, but whether it works well for an RPG-style game, I think they're, I'm saying they're running into issues with that. Um, 
The Playground Games have made some phenomenal games in the Forza Horizon series. So I'm kind of very much hoping that they can um, keep that alive. Um, um, yeah, but the Coalition, the guys behind Gears of War, have been quiet for quite a while, so I think there's a lot of hope that they will have something to show off in June and hopefully have a good game. Um, but yeah, it does seem a little bit of a mess for Microsoft at the moment. I think as long as they do make sure that they have some solid releases, that Starfield is ready to go and not requiring patches where it launches, I think that'll be... Um, I think that will be a um, good uh, place to start. Get a Forza of Motorsport out, have that be really good. Um, I think they could start building up, but obviously it is really effective at the moment. The lack of big releases has seen them lose ground on the PlayStation 5. Um, PlayStation 5 has been breaking records this year so far in terms of sales numbers and stuff like that. Microsoft don't announce Pacific Pacific, uh, numbers of sales and that. But in the American MPD uh, reports, it has been shown to be decreasing in sales over last year. So the lack of games is definitely something that Microsoft does need to deal with. Bringing Activision Blizzard in and having those in Game Pass would absolutely help them out. Having that kind of library readily available on Game Pass would be a fantastic get for him. Um, but obviously, it, like I say, with the deal in a, precar- in a precarious position at the moment, it could mean that they do have to rely on their first-party games. And as Phil Spencer said in the interview, he is... Right. I can't remember he used the word embarrassed, but he did say it kind of... He has to hold his hands up and they need to have good quality first party games and they can't drop the ball and quality needs to be there. Kind of, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but... Um, but he did say he's disappointed in himself for allowing it to come out in that condition. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm guessing he was under pressure to have content and games, especially first party games, because they are very sparse at the moment. Um, there wasn't really a big first-party launch title um, with the with this generation. So, um, yeah, Microsoft seems to be playing catch-up from the very launch of the Series X and S and does not managing to catch up at the moment, which, um, given the number of developers they've got and the calibre of the developers they've got, I'm pretty sure they can get some good games out there. Starfield has the potential to be a massive get for um get for him and if they do get really great reviews and it has a really good launch. Um I'm th- pretty sure that'll turn their fates around for this year. Um like one two combo with Starfield and Forza Motorsport could be a strong finish of the year. Um but he's gotta make sure that Phil Spencer is kind of keeping his eye on things and being a bit more hands on. So I think part of the issue is a lot of the developers are being left to do their own thing. Um, so it's where they need to get a title management thing in place. And 
got the higher ups are more hands on and making sure that everything is at the sound it needs to be. I think that's a decision they need to have. Um, and potentially being realistic about the work he's doing. Because like I say, Redfall was due out at the end of last year and it did get pushed back uh, to when it just came out. Um, but it just wasn't enough. Um, and I think gamers are kind of saying that they're waiting for these big AAA title games. Redfall was being billed as a big AAA title game and it has thoroughly underwhelmed a lot of people. So I think Microsoft do need to think carefully before they release games at the moment. Um, even with setting release dates and things like that, I just need to make sure that everything's where it needs to be. Um, so I can see them struggling because I think a lot of people say it's lacking content on Redfall. Uh, the game seems bland. Um, so the graphics are really questionable in places. Uh, the AI seems to be a bit all over the place. Uh, so the enemies are a bit weird. So yeah, it's kind of very much uh, Microsoft needs to focus on the con- on the quality. Um, they need to work out what's going on with their release schedules. Um, but yeah, kind of that is my kind of thoughts on Microsoft. Like they do need to step up. They need to make sure... I think they need to take a Nintendo approach. Nintendo isn't afraid to delay games. Like, Gears of the Kingdom was originally meant to be out in 2022. They've delayed it to May this year. Um, they delayed Animal Crossing by about four or five months um, from when it was expected to release. Um, they completely rebooted Metroid Prime 4. Like two years after they, almost two years after they announced it, like a year and a half after they announced it, they did say, nope, we're restarting the project. Um, and development's starting again. So I think Microsoft could learn some lessons from Nintendo. And that Miyamoto said, um, a bad game released bad will always be bad. But a delayed game that has a chance to be improved can come out better. Um, so I think I do need to take that time to make sure things are right, make sure the games are where they need to be. Um, and yeah, just make sure they've got more of a tight grip on what they're doing with their... Um, their tight grip with their... Uh, the development studios make sure they're checking in and checking quality of the game properly. Because um, there are several reviewers who said they just don't know how Redfall was allowed to come out, how it did. Um, I know Star Wars Legend Survivor has been very much the same situation. Um, they were quite quick to get a patch out, and from what I've seen from Matt from uh, the Game Junkies podcast playing it, he said that he's had no major issues with it. Um, but a lot of people saying uh, being a bit more forgiving of Jedi Fawn's, uh, uh Jedi Survivor is um, there's a really good game underneath it all. So even though there's a couple of uh, frame rate issues or a couple of small bugs, um, even though it has affected the scores, it's not scoring as highly as it should be. Um, a lot of people are still enjoying the game and the times think it's a shame about the bugs. 
Whereas a lot of people in Redfall was just like, no, it's not enjoyable, it's boring. Um, and yeah, so that is quite a big concern and does pile on the pressure for Starfield. Because uh, again, it's another Bethesda project because um, Redfall is from one of the Bethesda studios, uh, was Zenimac Studios. Um, and yeah, so we're going to leave that there because we're going to carry on otherwise, but very much a situation to keep an eye on. Um, especially with the Activision Blizzard deal. Um, I kind of like, would like to see it go through. Because um, it would mean that it's more likely of getting Activision Blizzard games on Nintendo formats because they've got the 10-year deal. Because um, at the moment, stuff isn't guaranteed to come to the Switch from Activision Blizzard. Uh, so yeah, I would like to see, um, a bit more of that, um, at the same time, it's just, the appeal could take a little while, um, so it'd be interesting to see how quickly that happens, but obviously once the EU make their ruling at the end of May, we'll have a bit more of a clear, uh, clearer picture of what's going on. Okay, so I'm going to round up with stuff I've been playing over well, the last month and a half, effectively. Um, yeah, it's been like a good six weeks since I've done a proper podcast. So, again, apologies so much for um, missing out on so many. And thank you so much for listening back and uh, coming back if you are listening. Um, but yes, uh, I've been playing a lot of the old usuals. So I've been playing... Just like nine Animal Crossing, or Pokemon Violet. I now I'll stop streaming it. Um, that's a whole other story. But I had massive issues with my capture card. Just the pitch quality is absolutely shocking. I did try and do the latest wave of Mario Kart Eight footage, record the video, and it just didn't work. Like, didn't save the entire video. Um, like the frame rate and the the actual game footage was jumpy as anything, um, so yeah, it wasn't a great experience. Um, but I do seem to have fixed that, so I have started doing some more videos. So yeah, um, so obviously we play Mario Kart Eight with the new expansion pass, a little bit more than Blade Chronicles Three, Pokemon Violet, which before I got sidetracked by talking about, um capture card issue and while I stopped streaming it yeah I played through that I've now completed the main story just started over started on the post game um quests effectively so getting done with those um and yeah it's um what's been playing I have taken the plunge and got PS5 so that's a thing. So I've been playing um, Astro's Playroom. Um, also been playing a few other bits as well. Um, mainly Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, a bit of God of War. Um, so yeah, I've been playing a few little bits and getting stuck into those. I've not, not played God of War, I've played uh, Rise of Forbidden Rest. I really enjoyed what i played of Forbidden Rest so far. Very interesting storyline. I didn't play... Um, Zero Dawn so I'm kind of jumping into the story a bit late but they kind of do a good job of recapping kind of what happened 
So it's good that you don't need to know absolutely everything. There's probably lots of Easter eggs and little references I'm missing. But like I said, I have enjoyed what I've played of uh, Forbidden Rest so far. Um, and Xbox-wise, it's been a bit of Hogwarts Legacy. Really enjoyed what I played of that. Um, and a bit more Forza Horizon 5, bits like that. Um, but I have, uh, this last week, done some gameplay videos. I've played Amiga Strikers on the Switch, which is like a free-to-play um, futuristic football game. Very much like Mario Strikers or a bit more closer to a game called Sega Soccer Slam, which was out on the PS2 and GameCube, which I absolutely loved. Um, it's like a free-to-play live service game, so hopefully it keeps going and... Uh, it's successful, like, I've not had any issues playing or finding any matches yet, so that's been good. Um, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, um, dived into that yesterday at the time of recording, um, absolutely failed the first mission, so, yeah, I got to think a bit more strategically about, um, about all that, which is very interesting, um, but yeah, it is very much a lot of games at the moment. Um, did dive into a bit more Sonic Frontiers and Splatoon 3 as well. I've got a Zelda uh, Splatfest this weekend. So if you're listening now and it's Splatoon 3 player, uh, join in and have fun with the uh, Zelda um, Splatfest. That'd be a pretty cool one, I think. Be interesting to see which team comes out on top with that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say a big thank you for listening, if you still are. Don't forget to pick, uh, check out the Game Junkies podcast. Uh, come, they've been a bit more regular than I have, which is good. Um, yeah, because my last month and a half just hasn't happened, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, they've got some great stuff, uh, some really fun stuff. And also got the Dungeon Junkies podcast, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, if that's your thing. Uh, very well worth checking out. Um, and yeah, um, follow me on Twitter at ChrisRoos37. Find me on YouTube, www.youtube.com forward slash ChrisReactor1. Uh, I do post pretty much all my videos onto Twitter, so if you find my Twitter, you'll be able to find my YouTube pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to the last guys, and I will speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.